Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner... Sam Raimi updates his gore-filled debut by showing what he can do with three million more dollars to play with, adding even more gore, more laughs and more deadites as Bruce Campbell dials it up to 11 for 1987's requel. We're talking Evil Dead 2. While in the blue corner, it's time to welcome Fair Day Alvarez to the world of Evil Dead as under the watchful eye of producers Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, he delivers that rare beast. A good horror remake slash reimagining or is it a sequel? TBD with less laughs and more violence from 2013. It's Evil Dead. I don't think so. There's something out there. Lives out in those woods. In the dark. Something that's come back from the dead. It's a dead-eye duel this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. 
Hello, Clash Butters, you dirty bastards. Give me back my hand. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to this week's shows, helping us navigate the Deadites double of Evil Dead 2 and the Evil Dead remake. Please welcome the host of the wonderful 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest podcast, Sam Clemens. Hey. <laughs> so, Sam, lovely to have you here. Um, first of all, before we get into uh, this connection and how we all come to be here today, uh, tell us a little bit about the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest. Uh, so we are a podcast which celebrates films with a 90 minute or less runtime. We all love movies. We all like films, going to the cinema. But isn't it good when they're under 90 minutes, when you leave the cinema and it's still daylight? That is a very <laughs> special feeling. So we're, we're a podcast that celebrates that and we are a film festival. So the concept is on every episode, we'll invite a new guest, a new guest curator to come and pick a film and, uh, and we'll have a chat about it. And the only rule is it has to be under 90 minutes long. Under 90 minutes. Under 90 minutes. Now, we have just guested on your wonderful podcast. So if you want to do Evil Dead, sorry, the Evil Dead. It's really confusing. Yeah. So if you want to do Sam Raimi's original The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and the 2013 Evil Dead remake, then you need to go and listen to Sam's podcast, 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest, where the three of us joined Sam to discuss that very first movie that started this series off and what a lot of fun it was. Thank you for having us on. No, thanks for thanks for coming on. And it's uh, it's really weird to have a whole franchise before the remake, reboot, uh, where every entry is under 90 minutes. So all of the Sam Raimi film, Evil Dead films are under 90 minutes and we've now finished that trilogy on our podcast uh, thanks to uh, Help of Clash of the Titles. <laughs> And it is. It's available everywhere now. It came out on Friday. So if you'd rather listen to that before you listen to this episode, go find it. Go find it now. Go listen to it. And then come back and join us as we talk about Evil Dead 2. So Sam is here with the three of us to dissect the original Evil Dead. I'm glad to be here for this amazing pairing this week. I know sometimes we've been separated recently. What an amazing pairing we're doing this week. Welcome to part one of Evil Dead 2 versus the Evil Dead remake. If you are new to the show, this is how it works. We'll be doing Evil Dead 2 today and the remake on Thursday, at which point we'll declare which is the better film. And of course, it is the perfect time to be talking about these films, as not only is it uh, 12th tomorrow when we're recording this, so it is the 10th anniversary of Fede Alvarez's 2013. I, I'm doing this for you guys when I'm doing the inverted commas. No one can see me remake. <laughs> right. It's just easier. Don't get, don't get bogged down right. in this, Alex. Okay. I feel like you did on, on, on Sam's episode. I feel like you're going to do today and Monday. It just doesn't matter. They're all evil dead. I just want to be right. Is it a sequel? Is it a reimagining? It what are we calling it? It's an evil dead. Yeah. So uh, that uh, that movie is, uh, is obviously <laughs> 10 years old uh, this week and, of course, the fifth movie in this series evil dead rise hit cinemas this very friday uh, we haven't seen it yet unfortunately but uh, i've heard good things out of south by southwest yeah by the time it's out me and sam will have seen it so maybe i'll do a tweet saying what we thought maybe put Look it in a sentence tweet, folks <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the early reviews have been really good yeah as they are across the board with these movies i think sadly it is 93 minutes long i had that with the fifth installment <laughs> of the franchise loses a star for that the boy, <laughs> boy, boy go back to the roots <laughs> 93 still respectable but mm. come on guys three minutes yeah. were they that important think, no, think about it lads <laughs> <laughs> right then the clue i gave on last week's show was 
Would you rather be dead young or dead old? A few raised eyebrows in the studio. Nevertheless, Chris followed that up on Twitter with, well, "Who knows? I'm just looking it up." <laughs> it, I, I, I sort of I didn't know what to do. There was going to be every clue I came up with was going to give it away. I was going to have a chainsaw or a picture of an Oldsmobile or something like that. So I said, "Additional cue next week is we are doing three records about three films that fall part of a very messy franchise. Mm. Messy because it's all over the place, and messy because it's just gory." Yeah, we, that was my thinking. We had a, a lot of wrong guesses, a lot of trilogies that weren't right. A lot of trilogies that the were messy. Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> bewilderingly. But, but to be fair, I, a lot of trilogies that are very messy, mm. or a little series of film franchises like like Bourne. Yeah, that's about as messy as this one. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, Blade and yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, the correct answer came in before I put the second clue up. So it was my clue. It was your clue. Oh yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right, boy. Uh, well, you like this? What? Sam. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Sam from Smash Mind and Body got the one correct guess uh, this week. Uh, Sam said, uh, yeah, she, she she got it right. Uh, so uh, if you are in the business for a little extra clash, let me tell you, uh, you can hit up our YouTube channel. We've got a brand new YouTube channel. It's wonderful. Go subscribe. You get some visual clashing from through the years. So do subscribe to that. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. Uh, right then. Well done, Sam uh, from Smash Mind or Body. Uh, your prize uh, this week is a beautiful weekend away in a cabin. Lovely. Lovely. So the connection section. I haven't done it. No, I haven't no. done it. Is no. that right? Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. I haven't yeah. it either. Yeah. Great. Waste of time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so let's crack straight on. As I said, uh, you can listen to us covering the original Evil Dead on 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest, which means on Thursday, Chris will be taking us through Fair Day, Alvarez's 2013 remake. So today, V is feeling groovy as she goes requel crazy with 1987's Evil Dead 2 V takes on a journey. Evil Dead 2 is like, remember that mate you used to knock about with when you were young and had no money, but you didn't care, and your idea of a brilliant time was boshing a load of snake-biting blacks, then running out on the bill at an all-you-can-eat deep-pan pizza buffet. Then you bump into that mate six years later, and it's amazing to see them, but they're pretending they don't even want to know what snake-biting black is, and they've definitely had a few tweakments, and they think Arquette is great for basics, and orange wine doesn't give you a hangover. And then you're with them at Noma, nibbling a cardamom caramel starfish, and trying to keep up with conversation about estate agents and the experience economy and how Insulate Britain is fine until you can't get to Gatwick for skiing in the February half term. And you're like, I don't know this person. I think money has ruined them. I bet they're even going to make us pay the bill and get the last train home. Gross. But then they sneak off to the toilets and smash a ton of coke and kick all the tables over and run screaming from this ridiculous restaurant. And then you go to a warehouse rave with people you've just met in a bit of town you've never been to, then a house party, then a calf, before calling it a day and walking home as the sun rises. And you make pays for it all because they've got money now. And what that really means is they're still fun they're just rich that is Evil Dead 2 it's Evil Dead 1 with money are you okay? yeah what's happened? <laughs> have we changed how we do the intro? I, I don't know what what's it, happened did you have a lot of baggage to unpack? the thing is they don't recognise great writing when they see it and I think it's just I don't know I don't know what that is right. no, I do know what that is but I don't want to say it out loud but there's nothing wrong with that. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's always best if someone else says it. But why not? Uh, all laughs. <laughs> That's true, actually. No, it's, it was What's very... What's wrong with you? It was what? very well, right, funny. Right, was either that. I, I'll tell you what, God, as if we've got time for this. We don't. We haven't. Right. No, 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 we don't. We, have a, we actually have a guest we here, Vicky. So the first no, thing I wrote not, was, not today, Evil Dead 2 is Evil Dead 1 with money, and then I could hear you going, what is that it? And it's like, well, I've got to write something. So that's what I came up with. I like the first one. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's, right, it's right, Evil fine. Dead 1 with money, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Evil Dead 1 with a glow up, with I whatever. Mean, considering someone who, uh, it's always like, if you can say it with three words, why say it was 300? Uh, <laughs> you, you, you decided to go against your own advice. Do you not think insulate Britain? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I did find out, I've just got to get this off my chest, I'm really sorry. I'd written the thing about insulate Britain, I hadn't mentioned it to anyone, so I don't like rehearse in front of Mark. And then he told me this amazing thing about, it's called counterfactual, like data, counterfactual data. And <laughs> what? What's happening? I don't know. Go super on. quick, super go quick. On. So go counterfactual sorry, data Sam. is when if you run a scenario, like if something that didn't happen in the real world could have happened to like test certain scenarios, right? And some clever boffin has run a scenario where insulate Britain get their own way and every home is insulated, but nobody's energy use decreases because lots of people do not live at optimum temperatures. So people just become very warm and they love being warm. So insulate Britain could get what they want and it wouldn't make the slightest bit of difference to the planet in this counterfactual scenario. What are you doing? What is she talking about? Do you not think that's interesting? I, I, I don't know that it fits no. in with Evil Dead 2 Sam. very much. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you shouting at Sam? Why are you just shouting at him? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That was out of order. Do, do, anyway. are, you, are you trying to impress Sam? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, to be fair, I'm impressed. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I'm also now feeling a bit warm and also reminded that that is more thorough than any of the writing in Evil Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Right, good. Uh, so this is the first time I've seen this film, as I mentioned on Sam's podcast. When did you first see Evil Dead 2, Sam? This was a university experience for me. Aww. I think like DVDs were all the rage when I was at uni. You know, actually used to spend a lot of my student loan on physical media. Um, <laughs> sorry, mum and dad didn't buy any healthy food. Uh, but uh, but I think the Evil Dead trilogy box set on DVD was sort of like a staple part of the uniform for being a film student. So I was just I had that on my shelf, very proud, pride of place. But Evil Dead Two was my first uh, experience of Evil Dead. That was the one everyone told me to watch, so yeah. I did. And I, I really loved it. When I was 18 years old, oh, oh it's what a film. <laughs> what about you, Chris? I watched this when I was about 16, I would say, 15, 16. And um, I thought it was very good, but equally I thought, oh, that performance is a bit broad. And oh, I don't actually find Three Stooges at all funny. And oh, I feel a bit <laughs> old for Looney Tunes now. And oh, I'm not really into hardcore gore. So I thought it was good and I respected it, but I thought this just isn't really my <laughs> kind of movie and yet over the years I've come back to it multiple times and I've liked it more and more each time mm. And you? This movie isn't isn't for me. I, I'm just, I need my brandy and the Alan Partridge <laughs> podcast in my attic. Do you find Three Stooges funny? <laughs> uh, They're not funny. I do remember at 14 years old when I first saw this, and like you guys, uh, I think we were talking about it on Sam's podcast, uh, this was the one I saw before I saw the original, The Evil Dead. Uh, so... I do remember thinking the hand sequence in this, his physical comedy, him arguing with that hand, him treating his own hand as a separate entity, a villain when it becomes possessed, was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And that's what I walked away from this movie remembering. And that's what I was excited to see again. Does it go on a bit long this time? Maybe. <laughs> but it's still really, really good. So, yeah, I was about 14. Loved it. Friends. Uh, watched it. Great stuff. It does feel weirdly feels longer. It's not much longer than the first one. It's because it? there's not much plot, and it gets a bit repetitive. <clears throat> yeah. I would say that would I would I would put that forward. I did yeah. write down when Bobby Joe and uh, everyone else turns up. Uh, it gets started. Get things start to happen because you can. He's great on his own, and it's a sort of great tour de force solo performance. Yeah. The physical comedy Campbell does is brilliant, but you, it just about gets away with it. You get to the point where you're like. I need someone else He's to be humans. there. I can't have him just doing this all the time. <laughs> and sure enough, just as you hit that point, more people turn up. 
It does feel like a whole film with him on his own. Mm. And mm. then when the rest of the cast come in, I totally agree. It feels like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like, oh, we've left the cabin. We're at an airport. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah no, I love that scene <laughs> where she's just bringing it off the plane. I think <laughs> some plot actually happens as well. Yeah, they like, do. Oh, I need to do the thing and the thing. A okay, bit of story. <laughs> so I'll tell you a bit about the background. Uh, this is all very well known, I imagine. So the idea of the sequel was talked about during the first one and Ash would have gone back in time to sort of 13th century, something like that middle ages anyway Irvin Shapiro he is I'm going to call it Evil Dead 1 I don't care about the or remix or whatever it's a good idea actually thank you (laughs) do you know what it's better than the insulate Britain monologue (laughs) monologue (laughs) no it was soliloquy soliloquy (laughs) no shade on insulate Britain by the way Um, I respect direct action (laughs) oh my god I do (laughs) I just do so anyway uh, Irvin Shapiro he's the publicist for Evil Dead 1 he takes out advertisements in Trade Magazine, which is just like, that's just like bygone times as well. Like, I love that. The idea of putting out an advert in the trades to be like, does anyone want to give us money for Evil Dead 2? Uh, that's in around uh, 1984. But then Sam Raimi does a film called Crime Way, which I haven't seen. <sighs> Have you seen it? No. Is it as bad as everyone says? Uh, apparently so. Mm. Everything I've ever read about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they hate it. Mm. I mean, the first problem they had was the studio wouldn't let them cast... C- Bruce Campbell in the lead but then it went um, over budget it cost double what it should have they lost control of the shoot then they lost control of the edit and yeah basically it was such a flop that they thought their career was over as did the Coen brothers (laughs) Remy said he made this film this sequel out of desperation he was like this it could be over for me so I'm going to go back to this and make this which is brilliant it's kind of brilliant the way it worked out because Mm. what he did then he fully leaned back into the stuff he was good at in the first one and just smashed it just did it with money and it is it's just incredible so like you say, Crime Wave does not do the business. So he goes back to this idea and then he connects with Dino De Laurentiis because he passed on directing Thinner. Yeah. Um, so Stephen King, who's obviously working with Dino De Laurentiis, um, mm. learns that Evil Dead 2 is having finance troubles and so just you know kind of puts all these people together. Um, but Dino De Laurentiis doesn't want this Middle Ages stuff. He wants it to be a bit more like the first one. <laughs> so he just remade the first one kind of thing. It's weird when you sort of read that because Stephen King was, uh, was working with Dino De Laurentiis and he was, he, it sounds like Stephen King's like, you know, give this guy a shot. Like Stephen King is like this sort of like brilliant filmmaker who's sort of like, yeah. you know, come here. That Sam Raimi kid, I really liked his first movie, give him a shot. And you sort of read it and you're like, wow, this sort of brilliant Stephen King moment. And then you're like, what was he directing? Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive is what he was directing. <laughs> yeah. of, of the two movies, Dino De Laurentiis really lucked out with Evil Dead 2. <laughs> <because laughs> Maximum Overdrive, sadly not available, otherwise we'd have covered it on Clash. We'll get it at some point. Yeah, the, Maximum Overdrive is the, the film that Stephen King can't remember making <laughs> because he was so high on cocaine for the whole shoot. Yeah. And I've never seen it, but by all accounts, it looks like a film made by a man who was high on cocaine. Yeah. It's it, it, it bad. It's <laughs> a it bad movie. <laughs> so that's kind of it. Evil Dead 2 is basically a big budget remake of Evil Dead 1. Uh, just sound the bell for Inflation Corner. I've only done it for one of the budgets, should be pleased. Not Evil Dead 1, 375k. That's 1.2 in today's money. So everyone's like, oh, Sam Raimi borrowed a few bucks to make a movie. He borrowed $1.2 million, more or less, which is not just pocket change. Uh, but number two was $3.5 million in then money, which I did not um, convert into today money but it's a lot more because you 
clicked on Insulate Britain. Yep. I just went down this Insulate Britain. I went on a counterfactual data rabbit hole. I've realised that saying Insulate Britain is not a good idea for me because it means that you're going to carry on talking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stop. It's the counterfactual stuff. It was really interesting. Okay. I'll tell you about it later. All right, that's it. Uh, I'm not going to get it. They changed the colour of the blood, whatever, to try and get no rating. Who cares? Uh, let's just crack on, yeah? Uh, I think an important part of this, though, is Scott Spiegel. Yes. Who joins with them. He made a short film called Attack of the Helping Hand about a hand coming to life, which um, there's certainly clips of it in the documentaries. Mm. Funny, stupid. And uh, (laughs) Sam Raimi saw that and thought, my Evil Dead combined with what this guy's done is what Evil Dead 2 should be. And so that's how come Scott Spiegel becomes such an important part of this franchise by co-writing this film is because he did a stupid little film uh, that Raimi worked on. I think he acted in it. about, And it was based on, it was called A Hamburger Helper. Hmm. This like character in an advert in America. All right, fine. Let's crack on then. So as I mentioned, this is the first time I watched them in order. So I found this catch-up section odd. Yes. But I like it. I think it's very brave to be like... I suppose it's just a different time, isn't it? You forget. Did Sam Raimi go, we'll do the catch-up section. Was it a rights issue or was yes. it like no one's seen the first one so it doesn't matter? Yes, like we've got a, different, a, a different company owned the right. They wanted to, to use footage from the first film. Yeah. A different company owned it and would not let them have it. Ah, I see. And then it was too expensive to reshoot scenes from the first film with the original actors. And so he just came up with this very economical recap. But equally, it's very confusing. Yeah. Yes. Is it? Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm watching. So you saw Evil Dead 2 first. So what I you, think so, what yeah. What you've seen is you're on page six you're on minute six yeah. and Ash has smacked his girlfriend's head off with a spade and he's yeah. like Jesus Christ yeah. like, this is moving this at is pace wild. <laughs> yeah. but it's also good because it does it, it's like Raimi knows I, uh, what did you think Sam did mm. you find it confusing because I, I certainly what, even watching them back to back which I did this time chronologically I was still like this is I, I, the start of this is a mess I think they're not designed to be watched back to back and it yeah. was so weird because in my head they've blurred into one film mm. um, it, this could I be guess, a problem today yeah. <laughs> when we're talking about having watched them all <laughs> there's a really great bit in that film that we're not talking about but uh, no I, I think it's, it's really confusing and it, this is designed if like Evil Dead 1 is eradicated the Evil Dead should be sent into the sun yeah. for Evil Dead 2 to really shine mm. and if you have any knowledge of the previous film it's extra confusing Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah it's, it's bizarre it's bizarre that they are I don't know like what can you do though it's out there it's a big hit the Evil Dead was selling loads on VHS tapes and it was doing like gangbusters in home ends so people were of course doing that mm. but Sam Raimi for cinema reasons mm. had to sort of pretend it didn't exist yeah. but, but they've you know they, uh, <coughs> Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell have both said stayed on the record um, Ash is dead at the end of the first movie that far, final shot is of him dying Okay, no, when the not, camera flies into his mouth. I've seen Evil that's, Dead 2 and it's, he just gets turned into a demon. You see, <laughs> that's interesting because the bit in Evil Dead 2, which feels like they've intentionally replicated that last shot of the evil coming down the hill through the house and up to Ash, it feels like you almost want the start to mirror the Evil Dead, exactly, and then that bit mm. to pick up and the sequel to start at that That's point. That's what I was going to say. Why didn't they just do that? No, I know. <laughs> I suppose they'd have to explain what he's doing up there by himself, like, because, you know, yeah. he's gone for a sexy weekend this time. That's quite clear. Um, I, I, you just have to give it a bit of context, I guess, otherwise it looks a bit weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the, thi- mm. I think the problem was that I think it was just the assumption that not enough people would have seen The Evil Dead for this to be a straight-up sequel. And that, that was it. But it is, like you said, Chris, I just I find it really difficult to watch this straight after watching the first one. Yeah. 
But so I've to me, I'm like, okay, now we're all caught up. So that the you know the shot through the woods and through the cabin and towards Ash and the big scream, which is just my favourite bit of both of these films. I was like, okay, I get it. So then the pace is going to slow down, which you're like, oh, is that going to be a disappointment? Because if you're watching it fresh eyes, you're like six minutes. So much crazy stuff has happened. But actually, because the effects and the makeup is obviously markedly better, you can see where the budget was spent and the quality of the film this time. I've just watched Evil Dead One, which looks like it was shot on my phone. Um, it does. Make it, it, it looks worse than that. Let's be honest. Yeah, the way phones true. are now. It makes it less scary. So he rises up from the swamp thing, and it, you're just like, "That looks cool," but it doesn't look scary. But then, pretty soon, this film is for me just going for more funny than scary. So it, I don't, I didn't feel the loss of it in a way that I thought I would. I did. did I did. I, I was surprised how much the Evil Dead scared me when I watched it, and I missed that yeah. in watching this. I just think it's. It's a really, really dangerous thing to do because The Evil Dead, as we discussed on your podcast, Sam, is funny. It is still funny, but it's funny without intentionally trying to mine for laughs. So you laugh because you're like, it's so extreme, so over the top. The gore, you can't help but be in hysterics because you're like, oh my God, what am I watching? Whereas this, because it's actually going, we're going to try and make you laugh, it runs the risk of then not being funny and you going, well, that wasn't funny, but you were trying to make me laugh. That's true. But that doesn't happen because I think they hit all the jokes. Just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of it's funny because it hasn't aged or it's just like, it's still only, what's it's still only like his third film or whatever. So like Mm. when you and Sam, you talk about, we get a bit of plot now. So like we go to the airport, you're like, oh, that's nice. But Annie's got her like, white woman plunderer shorts on and she's carrying this priceless artifact that she's robbed from somewhere and it's so precious she's just got it in a box and she's like, here it is. And who is Ed? Who is that man that's like, do you have the book? Like, who is he? No idea. Not explained. No one knows. The guy who he's, who's with her. Yeah. What is I'm he, imagining he's he's her lover. <laughs> her lover. <laughs> the best bit is as well, she's like, the Book of the Dead's probably nothing. Yeah, <laughs> That's my favourite bit. Oh, okay. It's either really something, I've either summoned the devil or whatever she says, or it's just a bit of an old book. Mm. Brilliant. She's incorrect about that. So then then we're into just like effects central and brilliant. Like I'm having a really good time. Like Linda's back, good. Her corpse is having a dance. <laughs> it's just hilarious. But it's also, that corpse is a great dancer. So, and I mean that sincerely. So you're watching a very balletic dance, but also, you know, Ash is horrified. But you're, I didn't feel scared for me or for him. I just thought, you know, that just looks incredible. It's, it's, it's when they take, I, I love when they take stuff that they did in the first movie and they just they sprinkle something a little bit better on the top, which mm. is when you're doing the POV thing into Ash and then he's taken by the, on the front of the camera and his body spiralling round upside yeah. down. Oh, yeah! And you're like, oh, it's the POV shot, but done differently mm. and yeah. better. Just and, with and, money. And they literally just stuck him up in the air on a crane. Did they really? And spent the whole day driving, yes, driving back and forth. He's literally on a crane being spun round in Through the trees. air. Yeah, <laughs> with Sam Raimi poking him. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam Raimi picking on Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Uh, now he's doing it with money. It's not a stick, it's a crane. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it better, I think. Yeah. Again, all the in-camera effects, like, it, it's just amazing like watching playing a shot of dry ice being released from under some leaves in reverse and it looks great phenomenal yes it does yeah i mean you guys were talking up the effects in the first one on sam's uh episode i i don't think they're all that good and certainly the kmb guys were like the only thing i don't love about evil dead is that you can see the joins sure. and we're here to try and make this 
just another level with the effects. And I think that is one of the big improvements here is the effects are just look amazing. Especially now that Inflation Corner is revealed. Mm. Sam Raimi had a little more money mm. than we'd have anticipated. Right. Well done, Inflation Corner. What a wonderful feature. That's what we're here for. Mm. Just uh, speaking truth to power. So, as per. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fist, <laughs> Do you want to? Fist bump, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking truth to power. That's right. Love it. Um, maybe we'll have a short break on that note. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Really? Yeah, why on not? That, no, I just felt awkward. What, really? Yeah, fist bumping. Oh, no, I don't like fist bumping, as right. you know, but um, it's fine. Okay. It's, there's a natural pause here, isn't there? Sure. Now, we've wrecked that section mm. again, because you've goaded me into wrecking it. <laughs> Never mind. Oh. Now we've got... So, again, I find this very funny. I mean, the classification of this film was presumably an issue, but we've just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. You don't see that bit. I think it's all right. Her head is in the vice. It's in shadow. Everybody relax, I think. Um, Good bit of trivia here. Go on. Uh, in the first film, in the basement, there's a poster of the Hill have, Hills Have Eyes. Yes. Um, Wes Craven. Here, if you look above the door in the basement, Freddy Krueger's gloves up there. Oh. More Wes Craven. <laughs> Lovely. Um, what, what did you think? You, you're a fan of the POV shots, aren't you, Sam? Love, love a POV shot. Love the POV oh. shot. <laughs> um, the bit where the force, the evil force, chases him around the house and it then loses him and he's like in the walls of the house. What did you think of that? That's funny, right? It's just really inventive. Yeah, like I think this film's got this cartoon-like quality and stuff like that, like this immovable force sort of following him around and his response to it mm-hmm. is so good. And I think that's 
that's where Bruce Campbell really shines, like yeah. reacting to this sort of stuff. And, and, and it's so punk rock. That scene, um, they built the, the set of the, the cabin in a gymnasium. All the way through that scene, you can see the ceiling of the gymnasium if you're looking. <laughs> they just didn't care. We've got the shot right. We can't spend more on this. Let's move on. And it's punk rock. You don't care. You don't care as a viewer because you're not really noticing it. And the POV, I think at one point, it sort of, it sort of t- looks around and then turns back the camera. Mm. And again, it's, it's giving the camera such a personality. Yeah. Um, he's just brilliant at it. That's what I mean. When it loses him, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. It's yeah. that thing that's been aped in so many other films that this is where it started. Yeah. You know, the, like the monster's point of view or whatever it is. You know, it's just little things like that. That's you know, Sam Raimi is so good at making films. It's it's the little techniques like that which make this film feel so much bigger than it actually mm. is. And, and they've got the, here we've got the mirror gag, which we had the mirror gag in the first film, but here they take to the next level. In the first one, it was kind of like water. This time, it's strangling him. It's coming out and getting him. Yeah, yeah. A, a very a very old fashioned way they did it. Obviously, just someone who looked like Bruce Campbell, mm. but it's incredibly well shot and also it's got one of the best lines in it where the reflection goes we just got up our girlfriend <laughs> with a chainsaw <laughs> um, but that also like the running through the walls thing like it's really mm. obvious in the first film because uh, Bruce Campbell is by himself for a bit because I think didn't all the other actors just have to go because they were so sick of it and it was doing them in but the, the trust between principal actor and director. So if you think about what that day's work is, it's Bruce Campbell running through the <laughs> running through a gym in these tiny walls while someone follows him with a camera and you're reacting to camera and your director shouting at you. And it's perfect and it's but it's brilliant and it is silly and it's still scary and he gives it everything. And that's just the trust between these two people that have known each other um all their lives or from school or whatever it is. And and it's that's really rewarding to watch as well, I think. And then You've got to think, like, obviously we've seen so many films now where, like, normal kids go to the woods and they basically, you, you want them to be able to step back into their life at the end of the film, like, you're, you're rooting for them. At the point where Ash's hand, his possessed hand, is dragging him towards the cleaver, obviously that's brilliant, mm-hmm. but that, for me, is the point at which you understand that he's not going back to his normal life. So it starts to feel like even if the, uh, you know, every, if rescue burst in now, it's it's over. Like, he can never go back because too much has happened because he's just had a fight with his own hand. So that's like crossing the threshold, do you know Yeah, I mean? watching it this time, it felt like a superhero origin story. Mm. And that's yeah. the point where everything switches and he soon got, like, uh, almost a costume and he's, he's looking great and, you know, the, the sleeves off, the chainsaws on one arm and it, it's the birth of a superhero who can actually take these demons on, which is not who he is at the beginning of the film. I think yeah. it's really interesting, that journey that he goes, it's a full journey he goes on in this one. Yeah. I think he's really uncomfortable. I think Bruce Campbell's performance as well, like he's not great at doing dialogue or sort of acting with other humans. No. But he's so good at doing physical um, activity, you know, like reacting to the camera or being that sort of, you know, like being a cartoon character, he's good at slapstick sort of acting, reacting to puppets and deer's heads and all this sort of stuff, his own hand. And that's where he really starts to shine as a performer. Mm. Um, and then when the rest of the cast sort of come in, he is he's sort of on a, already on a journey. He's not regular Ash. No. He's becoming superhero Ash. Yeah, yeah. yeah they sort of find, I think he finds his feet in this film and they, and they find Ash as well in this film. Whether you, whether you like that Ash or not, that is that is who Ash is now. I like this Ash. Yeah, I mean that's a good point because when he, at the beginning of this film, when he's with Linda and she's just doing a dance for no reason, and he's like, "Let's have a drink and Playing have the sex." Piano. Or, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, that line! Because so I'm a man and you're a woman. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, that game. Gross. That's yeah. such his delivery of that line, and I love Bruce Campbell, <clears> especially <throat> as Ash. But it gives me bad goosebumps. No, but it's supposed he said to. Last it's, time it, I checked, it's like, supposed to. Bruce Campbell so says this Ash is more confident and much more of a douchebag. <clears throat> that's that's who he's playing. He's you know he's supposed to creep you out. He's, he's just a bit of a dick. Yeah. 
Yeah, he is. A Which dick. is why you're supposed to, I think, derive some enjoyment for watching him then get tortured, sure. and then he pulls it round. But then, like you're saying, so in the, the next best bit, the stag comes to life and the lamp, and that's just incredible. Like I can't believe I haven't seen that until now. I think, mm. I think it's one of the most amazing things yeah. I've ever seen. Like I just love right the stag thing. You always think they're going to do that anyway, like when you see one, because that's not normal. Like that shouldn't be on your wall. But the lamp is like it's just it's actually quite a nice lamp, but it's playful and it's really scary and obviously he's just gone like up to 11 I just think that's brilliant came like, from Scott Spiegel showing uh, Sam Raimi how a lamp could do the Popeye laugh he was just messing about <laughs> and he was going <laughs> with a little lamp like that and Sam Raimi was like actually and put it in the movie <laughs> it's really good that's really great I mean he's like these rubber props on set which are they're there the whole time but you don't realise until they start to come alive it's like that's genius you know yeah. that, that lamp went on to be in the Pixar Pixar insignia <laughs> <laughs> hell of a career <laughs> So some humans are here now. Now, Bobby Joe, what an attitude she's got. I forgot. I didn't want to you know, go into too much detail. But when we first meet her, is she chewing tobacco and spits it at someone? <laughs> Jesus. Do you, know, do you know who that was written for? Yeah, I do. Mm. Was it uh, Holly Hunter? Holly Hunter. <laughs> so I believe, I can't know exactly, but I think the Cohen brothers maybe at this time lived with Holly Hunter and Francis McDormand in a house together. And Kathy Bates. And Kathy Bates. Yeah. Kathy Bates as well, yeah. And uh, what I did read somewhere was Robert Tappert didn't think she was good looking enough to play... Bobby Joe, which is just insane and awful, and you could have had Holly Hunter in your film. <laughs> as we, uh, but the girls good who play, you know, the as we discussed on Sam's podcast, Robert Tabbert doesn't mince his words. Very direct. <laughs> Fede, where's my tree rape? <laughs> Potentially, allegedly. <laughs> now he no, he did. He and and, and 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 he is a lot to do with the the tree rape happening in the first film as well. It was him that came up with it. And it was definitely him on on Fede's film as well. Mm. I can't believe that. I find that sorry. Let me just process that for a minute. Just get we'll get my, into it on Thursday. I have I have quotes. Just put my fury somewhere. <laughs> um, so. Oh yeah, the, the, like I say, the humans are here. Uh, they ch- they think Ash is a chainsaw murderer, which is fair enough. And so they chuck him in with Henrietta. It's good, isn't it? New beats. Like that's that's this yeah. is totally new. We feel like we're on very fresh turf now. Because I'm, I'm I'm a stickler for story, but in both of these films, it's quite freeing when they're like they haven't really bothered that much, especially in number one. But then you're like, well, I don't know now what's going to happen because the traditional beats have been thrown out of the window. But it's okay because we're in such good hands. It doesn't matter. Mm. Whereas normally that thing obviously sends me like insane with rage but in this it was a loosening it's like do you know what fine whatever you've got is fine but I do like the fact that I think because you don't want to put too much on the gore and the whatever you have to have a bit of human drama so we get this message it is from her dad isn't it where he's like read the book yeah, <laughs> what's it, or something yeah Raymond's yeah. And okay, and whatever yeah. Uh, we both said very different words. But yeah. Sure, Ray- sure. Raymond. Yeah, yeah. Raymond yeah. Mowbray. Yeah. I think it's Raymond Mowbray. I think that's fine. I wasn't doing his first name as Mowbray. That would be a weird first it's name. It's Noby. It's Noby. I bet it is. I don't think it's Noby. <laughs> <laughs> the last name of the professor. Yeah. Yeah. Noby. Noby. N- K-N-O-Y-W-Y-B. First name Raymond. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The yeah. name is Noby. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, anyway. sure. Uh, Cassie Wesley, who does play Bobby Joe, because Holly Hunter is not attractive enough. No, uh, minion. She went on to have a very successful soap career. She was in Days of Our Lives for a oh, long great. time. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, yeah, good she, for her. She played um, Noby. <laughs> Did she chew tobacco? Yeah. She's awesome at Ray, that. Ray, Raymond Noby. Ray- <laughs> Dr. Raymond Noby, that's who she plays. <laughs> so, yeah, um, because human drama. So, I think he's called Jake, who's. They're very mismatched as a couple. Sorry, not to he be. He is punching. But, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Even though she's, like, I mean, maybe Holly Hunter would have been different, like the dog. But whatever. Like, anyway, 
Bobby Joe's had enough. So we're going out into the trees. So you were talking, Sam, before about it's nice to go to the airport. Did you also think like, oh, we're going to go for a walk outside? <laughs> so that's quite that's quite nice, I think. Like, are we getting a bit sick of the cabin at this point? I think because, like, especially if you're following the series, you've had a whole film in the cabin. Yeah. We've just had the whole film again in the cabin. Now we're doing loads of stuff at Asher and his own in the cabin. Breath of fresh air. Getting outside. Literally. Indoors. Yeah, absolutely. I do love how low rent the airport looks. Like, it's like, can we shoot next to a plane on an airfield for 10 minutes? And, but it does add sort of production values because there's a plane in the film now. It looks, it looks like someone's throwing a bit of money at it. <laughs> that and go into the Kandar castle as well, that little bit of flashback. Oh, yeah. mm. These little bits, they just add layers to it. The flashback is funny though because they've gone to all the trouble of doing that. But then, what, a white family walking and go, yep, that's mine. I love that. And like, is it that easy? <laughs> Just there's no time for any extra plot, I guess. Like, how did they get this thing? Someone just give it to them. That's fine. So then Annie kills Jake with the spine knife and she goes, no, because she doesn't mean that. I don't think. I think she's a bit sick of him. But it's fine because Henrietta will eat him in a minute. I don't think he was going to make it. He's had a spine knife through his spine. So, or is it through his front? Can't remember. Anyway. Before you have time to think about that, though. All the blood comes out of the cellar, which oh, yeah. is brilliant. Just it's when they just go, how how much blood? Can so, we do, use? but do you reach naturally? Do you not reach a tipping point where you think, like, uh, sorry, like, oh, what's the film? Black Swan. So the finger peel. Oh, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen because it looks realistic. It looks like something you could do to yourself. It's horrific. Gallons and gallons of blood pouring through a wall. Your brain just goes at some point. No, that's that's fine because it's so unrealistic. Do you not think? I think it adds to the. It's like he, everything is eleven in this film. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I don't think they're going for realism yeah. in this one. <laughs> bit. No, but what I mean is you stop being scared because it doesn't. It's the famous Ed Two Hundred Nine Robocop scene that I think we've discussed before, where Paul Verhoeven's you, original. You, you've, you've said it. But not, but not on this, not on this episode, have I? No, not on this episode. No, not, yet, great, great, not, great, 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 not yet. Not yet on this episode. So the, the original like, two and nine thing. There was going to be blood everywhere to the point that it was hilarious. Oh, was there? And then, oh. and uh, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. No, seriously, uh, for real. And uh, and uh, then there wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he made me cut it short. So there, there you go. All right, fine. And then a bit more, a bit more plot here. So. Now, we'll talk about this more in 2013. I don't find zombies particularly scary, right? I find demons scary because they have agency and they can do whatever they want to do. They seem to not be great at not getting killed in all of these films, but whatever, you can't have everything. So Ash is a demon, but he can be brought back by that shit necklace because he loved Linda so much. I don't mind that, but that is what's happened, is it? So it's not a zombie thing here, as I think in the 2013 one, it feels more like a zombie movie. Um, no, but, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a demon who's brought back by the necklace, by the love, by the love. And sadly, they cut a scene here which they did shoot, and I have seen where um, just before he turns back, um, he eats a squirrel. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strange so, reaction. To that. <laughs> I don't like squirrels particularly. I think they're a menace. Okay. Weirdly, yeah, I'm, it's very strange because normally, you know what I'm like. I'm like, well, was it necessary to yeah, call the animal? Yeah. I'm like, actually, I'm fine. You know, squirrels. You know, I once walked mm. up to one that was on a fence in an attempt to make it walk, run away, and it just stayed there. Oh yeah, and I ran away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. It's like this is my fence. Mm. Back off. You, you ever been attacked by a squirrel, Sam? Uh, not. No. Not, not yet, uh, but who knows what happens after this podcast recording. I, I have fallen through Greenwich Park by one. 
Honestly, if it was following me. And I had a bag of crisps. Was it, was it wearing a trench coat? <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. Do you want to see something? Do you want to see my squirrel? Do you want to see my nuts? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah. better. That's Shit. better. Shit! That's annoying. You used, all, you used all your energy on the synopsis. I, did. <laughs> I used all my alleged yeah. funny. The, 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 there's the, nothing the, left. Insulate Britain monologue. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why you, you, you lost out on the nuts gag. <laughs> God, I'm livid, but I'll um, I'll try and carry on. I can't concentrate now. I can't see. <laughs> All right, you're getting, you're, the redness is happening. I you're know. angry. <laughs> you're angry. I'm just jealous. All right, so time. Does he say it's time to get in the cellar and carve ourselves a witch? Is that what Ash says? Yeah, I think so. Tooling up montage. Love that. Absolutely love it. Um, it's just brilliant. And then at this point, it just goes absolutely ballistic. It's, so it's so cool the way he does the trick and lands awesome. it on his back. And and they and they develop that in, in Army of Darkness as well. But it's just, I mean, it's so ridiculous. Obviously, it's taking you fully out of the movie now. When he says groovy, yeah, you know, oh, I mean, all bets were off a long time ago. But equally, like this is now we're now looking at an icon in real time. Yeah, that's it. And he's got his shirt off, and that doesn't. And he hurt. looks good. Always. Yeah, they ripped it. They ripped the sleeve on the right arm. He was mm. doing a lot of he was doing a lot of working out when he was making this film and he looks and I love the way that if you look at the cuts on his face like he's been he's had his face like burnt on a, on a, on a, on a furnace or whatever comes back up there's no burns there there's just two perfect cuts <laughs> yeah. to accentuate his cheekbones that's so true it's, but it's hilarious they're doing it on purpose yeah, it's like how can we make him look more pretty because we're not going to burn the man bang yeah early yeah early it's, got, it's, it's sculpting and highlighting yeah HD highlighting amazing good spot <laughs> uh, so yeah and then just so the does Henrietta, is it a sound of it where she deflates? Did you hear that? Like like a balloon deflating, which I liked, but that's what I heard. Anyway. I think they do a lot of that stuff. To ex- like it's, it, I think the whole thing is like, it's like a cartoon, it's slapstick. You know, we're looking at these classic silent movies mm. and all of the sound effects yeah. absolutely add into that. Looney yeah. Tunes. Which like, it's all tilt it into the comedy world. Mm. Yeah. Heinous, heinous horror hag is all that was written in the script to describe her. That's what Ken B had to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> there's, oh there's my brother. Here's a heinous horror hag. Make it work. Oh, I read this interview <laughs> with one of the people creating Henry. I can't remember his name now, which is bad, but creating Henrietta's costume. And he said he'd never seen, he was like young, and he, these are his words, I'd never seen, a, he used the word fat, I'd never seen a fat old lady. And so he said it's pre-internet. So he sent out an assistant to go and get him some porn <laughs> that had fat old ladies in it. Oh! And the assistant couldn't find any. And he just had this, re- he said, I had this really stylish uh, European like um, lookbook, which had a few European ladies in. He said, the only thing that I took was varicose veins and he just was like I'll just put them all over her because that's what he thought I don't know I it mean, works yeah it is amazing to be of a certain age and just be like I've never seen mm. a fat old lady <laughs> like, that's incredible <laughs> anyway uh, we got the tree beast poor Annie she's got a diet that is a shame but I get it because Bruce Campbell is the final girl so Annie can't make it manages to mutter the last few pages the demons it's apparently doesn't matter if it's a whisper or if it's sputtered out that's fine Ash gets the tree beast in the eye because everyone's scared of eyes. I am. Um, that's all very funny. Are you calling the tree beast that massive head thing that yeah. comes through the door? Yeah. The, 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 so it is. It's like the evil in the forest. This unseen force is made flesh at that moment. Yeah. I love that. It's like you've got a big bad at the end. But it is just very funny. Like I'm no longer scared, which is fine. That's what I want. Like I can't. It's, it's making up as they go along as well, though, isn't it? Respect to that. And I think that's what makes these films brilliant is it's a bit like what they do with Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street, where all bets are off. We can just make this up as we go along. The trees are alive there's a monster we could there's zombies there's demons we can basically they can do anything they want which means you can be endlessly creative with with your kills and your scares yeah like I can't imagine now the the line where the, like how do you turn the portal off is very funny <laughs> because no one ever thinks of that but what was it like the first time you watched it and you because you were younger and so your brain just would have been like Whoa! 
what? And then you're like, he's gone back in time. Mm. Like, I knew that was coming because I, I just knew that. But how did you feel about that the first time you saw that? I think it's one of the greatest endings sort of in <laughs> cinema history. Like, it's such a twist. Had no idea uh, that was coming, especially because a lot of the film is stuff from the first film. Um, I think it's a wild ending. And, it is, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I love, love the tree beast. Like, we've seen people in prosthetics, but we haven't seen a monster which is so big it has to be its own sort of puppet. And then <laughs> and an ending with a load of Americans trying to do English accents wearing like sprayed silver gloves. It's uh, almost, you know, it's almost Python-esque. It's very yeah, Python, yeah. yeah. It's great. I, what I love as well is like you see, I've, I'd forgotten that you see the origin story for Ash's grey streak as well. It's the, mm. oh, the yeah. tree beast is so scary yeah. it turns that side of his head. Oh, yeah. Oh. But they set it up earlier, didn't they? Hero from the sky in the book. You think uh, she we, we're seeing... She's a scholar. She's like, there's a prophecy. I think he's got a chainsaw, which is mad. It's 13th <laughs> One century. of his sleeves is missing. It's a blue shirt. Blue shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's got little cuts to accentuate his <laughs> cheekbones here. Um, it, he looks angry with Sam Raimi. <laughs> it, this ending, though, and then the ending of Army of Darkness, where. Do you know the ending of Army of Darkness? Have you no, seen Army I of Darkness? I haven't seen it, no. Okay, to get out of the medieval times, he has to take six drops and then go to sleep, and it'll, six centuries he'll wake up, but he accidentally okay. takes seven drops because he's an idiot. And he, he wakes up in post apocalyptic. London. Amazing. Um, That's amazing. And they both feel to me a little bit like Planet of the Apes ending. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's not a hundred thousand percent evil uh, original, but it's great fun. And I love the fact I hadn't clocked before that Sam Raimi who says hail to him at the end. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. I had not seen the original supermarket ending until this morning for Army of Darkness. I finally got round mm. to watching the one where he fights the dead eye in the shopping uh, yeah, yeah. precinct that he's a, a worker in. I kind of prefer it because weirdly, I you know when like the studio were like way too depressing, not having that. Uh, you need to shoot a happier ending, and so they shoot this upbeat ending where he gets the girl and fights the dead eye. And I actually think the studio was right because that ending when I watched Army of Darkness as a kid, I was like, after everything I've just gone through, and now he hasn't even got home, I've found it too depressing. It's funny. It's <laughs> not supposed to have a happy ending. Yeah, I know, I know, but you know, I'm a, you know what I'm like. I need a happy ending. Like both of the endings are these great sort of uh, you know punchline reveals, yes. mm. and it's just Sam Raimi's twisted sense of humour. I, I, I do love seeing that. <laughs> yeah, and it's good because you, you've you've never known what Ash did, and the idea that he worked in a supermarket, like he's <laughs> yeah. gone on this journey, and the last thing we see is him back at work in a supermarket. Yeah. Like, wow, that's smart. Yes, that's right. Amazing. So let's do the bits, shall we? Um, Sam, what is your best scene in Evil Dead Two? I think um it's probably the ending i know we we're just talking about the ending but sure. like that is that is such a, i think for me it's one of my all-time favorite endings it's a little bit pulpy really silly but the whole film is silly uh, to that point and uh yeah it's just a fun gag i also love how it's done it's quite low rent but then you do see this amazing stop motion again ray harryhausen style monster the flying deadite uh, and it introduces the concept of the boomstick which comes in in army of darkness later on uh, yeah i just love that that end it's a it's a real sort of like twist of an ending yeah mm. What about you, Chris? Uh, when uh, Bruce Campbell is beating the shit out of himself in the kitchen, <laughs> uh, it's just a brilliant piece of physical com- comedy, especially, you know, when he flips himself over yeah. and that's him doing it. You're like, wow, this smashing the plates over his head, crawling along with the hand, it, it, talking to the hand. Um, <laughs> it's just brilliant. I am so close to agreeing with Chris on that. The hand scene is just incredible physical comedy. Bruce Campbell, lovely. I'm not picking that. I'm picking the POV 
of the demonic force going through the woods. It's just, it scares me. It's the only really scary thing in a film that is more for laughs than scares, whereas in the first one, I think it is really scary. But uh, I just, it's just, it's incredible. I think it's fantastic. Mine is just Dancing Lamp. I just <laughs> I think it's so good. It's like Scary Beauty and the Beast. Mm. I just think it's so good. Uh, what's your most valuable whatever, Alex? Uh, Sam Raimi. Uh, for just... I, it, it sort of boils down to what a director's job is. And, uh, you know, his job is really to make all these disparate departments, whether it's makeup, whether it's special effects, whatever it is, uh, make them all sort of see his vision and sort of wrangle all these different disciplines to create all these different visual elements to this film. And for him to have done that and just like from stop motion to POV stuff to gore to every different element it just all feels like uniform like it's all his like uh, they don't feel like different things they don't, they all sit alongside each other well so yeah it's Sam Raimi for just wrangling all that together <laughs> Chris? Um, if I had to pick it for the first <laughs> film it would be Sam Raimi mm. I think he's doing a lot of the same tricks in this one um, it's still amazing but so for this one I'm going with Bruce Campbell yeah. I think he as I said, he think he finds his feet is that I think he's a better actor here. I think Ash is a more interesting character and it's it's the ultimate ham. Something I didn't really appreciate. I found that annoying the first time I watched it when I was a kid. Now I'm like, no, I'm into this and I could watch this all day. Yeah. And it actually gets I would say it goes too far in Army of Darkness. Mm. I, I think this is where we're at the, the just the right amount of ham. Uh, for it to work. Maybe you can't put him outside. Maybe that's his, like, <laughs> kryptonite. Because <laughs> he's too... Like a mogwai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he's in a contained space and the bigness, but the bigness has walls and you're like, okay, I get it, but you put him in a desert, no good. I think he's the I'm biggest thing in like a, a small room. So yes. don't, don't let him roam free. Like yeah. keep him keep him locked. Yeah, up. keep him it's locked okay. up. 100%. Uh, <laughs> What's your uh, most valuable whatever, Sam? Uh, I think it's Bruce Campbell uh, again, but maybe maybe it's uh, it's uh, as we were talking about the 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 actual him becoming this character of Ash. Like I, I never thought about it like that before, but it's him putting on the uniform, him losing an arm, getting a chainsaw and a shotgun, a couple of cuts. He's got his jacked arms. He's lost his sleeve and a punchline and a punchline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he introduces catchphrase in this as well. Uh, you know, so yeah, I think it's Groovy Bruce. Yeah. My Sam Raimi, this film is great. And that's the reason it's Sam Raimi. It's fair enough. <laughs> uh, what would you change, Chris? Oh, I um, would like to see better actors for him to play off. Ooh. I think Bobby Joe's okay, but I think if we had really memorable character actors in all these supporting roles, um, I think it would just be a better film. It's that simple. Give me Holly Hunter. Yeah, that's very nice. Especially she's like in the house. And Frances McDormand. Yeah, and Kathy Bates. Brilliant. And Kathy Bates. Uh, what would you change, Sam? Uh, I think I would probably just lose the Evil Dead one section of the film. <laughs> like you'd maybe have to yeah. do a bit of you know change the script or a you know a bit of a twist to sort of you know if you want to have Bruce Campbell play a character who's very similar to Ash from the first film, twin brother. He wakes up <laughs> in the forest. Anything, um, but just I don't think we need the recap okay. uh, there. I'd like to. I like this because it's confusing when you watch the box set. That's, yeah, that's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you? Uh, I'll, I'll do that countdown moment to just prove that I've got exactly the same answer as Sam. Uh, yes, it's. Uh, you'll see here, it's about the fact that I, I don't enjoy the confusion yeah, at the yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. yeah I vouch for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I actually can't see these glasses aren't that good, but I, I just trust you. Well, you should. Yeah. I just trust you, man. It's the start. It is confusing. It just, I'm, I'm like... So either get rid of that start or, hear me out here, uh, destroy 
Evil Dead, the first movie. Destroy it completely. Completely. That's yeah. gone. Re- Wipe it from our memories. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just click off here. You argued like launching yeah. it launch every it copy into, into the sun. Yeah. yeah. I think that would and, be and, and take, the, take the two off the end of the title. Yeah. It does. And I, think it, I honestly think it's as simple as that. I mean, like you it's say. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really? Just get rid of them. It's so simple. Get rid of Get rid of it. Launch them into the sun. No, take the two off the title. Call it Evil Dead Redux or something. Mm. But like either lean into the fact that this is a remake or just like you said, alter the script. So it makes sense from Evil Dead 1, and this is a genuine sequel, but it's it sort of inhabits this really weird limbo. Just give him a different name. Yeah. Fine. Oh, my brother died in a cabin. I don't want to go back to a cabin. I'm but in a I've cabin. got to. Oh, I'm alive. I've got to go find his body. Mm. Yeah. yeah, give him Mowbray. What a great name. Yeah. Yeah, call him Mowbray. My brother Mowbray. <laughs> Ray, but Ray. K-N. That's too, like, that's too much like Noby. <laughs> Who's that now? <laughs> uh, my change is silly, but I do believe in it. So Bobby Joe is awesome. And also because I knew she was supposed to be Holly Hunter, I liked her even more. So the tree beast needs her face. She's been like absorbed by the tree beast, hasn't mm-hmm. she? And then Jake or Ed or whatever, that man, her boyfriend, goes off to find her. It's like, what's happened to her? Like she's just been mm. absorbed by the trees. So when this thing is like through the window, someone could go, Bobby Joe. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Good. That's it. We're done. All right, then. That is Evil Dead 2 done. So, before we get to Thursday's episode, which is coming your way, where we're talking about Evil Dead, the 2013 Fede Alvarez version, let's look ahead to next week and our pairing. We're going to give you a clue right now. I don't know who's doing the clue, but I know it's not me. Can you think of one quickly, though? Uh, okay, uh, it's uh, it's uh, trouble, and, okay. trouble, and, okay. trouble and strife. No, it's no. Yes, it's, that's uh, good. Wrongly, trouble. wrongly accused. That's the tagline. I think. Is it <laughs> trouble and trouble strife? Trouble and strife. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But well done, both of you. Go to Twitter. <laughs> uh, trouble and strife is well done, both of us. No, not your, your one's not. No one's. Your one's oh, too. Been nice to you. Yeah. Wait, your you one's... I think it's your clue this week. So the fact that you don't even. No. Know no. What no. No. No recriminations. Come on. All right, no fine. finger pointing. We've, no, we've no, messed it's not around. my film. We switched it around. It's not my films. So fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Good. So that is it for this episode. Obviously, we're going to be back on Thursday deciding whether the Fede Alvarez 2013 movie or Evil Dead 2 is the better film. Are we including Evil Dead, the original in this? Okay, good. (laughs) Until then, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Check in with us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We are at ClashPod or Clash of the Titles. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for visual extras. Have a great week. Speak to you on Thursday. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.